This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two-minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducian Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way they were. Hi Chantel. <laughs> hi Grania. How are I almost said hi Chantel there. Hi Grania. How are you? It's been a week. Well you'd be so proud of me. I drank cocktails all weekend. Oh, oh, and you're still here. I'm still here. I'm she still survived. Here. Oh my god. Grania. <laughs> It's a Easter miracle. It is. Anything else that you've been loving this week other than your Easter drinking miracle? Well, so this is sort of an inside story. I've oh, been wanting go. to break up with the fact, I don't know if any of you are readers of the Daily Mail, you might have read the story, producer of our podcast... And mm. um, her house was broken into at the weekend. It was so sad and so awful. But then, weirdly enough, this morning it was a story on the Daily Mail. On the Daily Mail. That's how popular this is. What well, the only thing I mean, what I want to break up with, as much as I want to break up with her being burgled and having her laptop and her lovely grandmother's brooch stolen. What I'm more concerned about is that nowhere in the Daily Mail 
article was this podcast mentioned, which is weird <laughs> to me. Yeah. It's weird. I feel like that'd be the number one thing they mentioned, producer of the way they were a podcast. And I think what's so bizarre is of all the different podcasts that Amanda produced, we probably go on the Daily Mail the most. The most. We're the ones using it, you guys. We're on it every every time we record. We're looking there, seeing what you come up with, seeing what you're digging up. This is the thanks we get. You know what? From now on, I'm not I'm not mentioning them again, Grania. Oh, uh, probably is, will. This but, is because I I so I've got quite a complicated relationship with the Daily Mail. What I say I to myself. What I say to myself is I say, well, listen now. This is the most popular website in the world. However, if I'm going on it as a sort of like feminist act, that I'm aware that it's like absolute like mercury poisoning you know the world but if i'm doing it kind of in a i'm like diluting it because i'm not being brainwashed so i'm like clicking on it but like some people say it's the most popular one what if it's all full of people like me who are just on it yeah it is i think that daily mail website is exactly the same as the real housewives franchise or as the kardashians or a celebrity big brother, any reality trashy shows like that, where everyone who watches it thinks that everyone else who watches it believes it, but they watch it from an ironic distance, and I'm just watching for the production value of it, and I can see what the producers do behind the scene, but no one else gets that. Everyone gets that. <laughs> everyone's watching it for the same fucking reason, and everyone's looking at Daily Mail with the same side eye. I have to tell you. Oh no, you have an account? I created an account. Do you have an account? <laughs> And I tell you why, it was genuinely a really low point for me. So what had happened was, this is so bad. This is, this so is worse bad. than Amanda getting burgled. Oh my God. <laughs> I was reading on the Daily Mail, as I am wont to do as a subversive feminist act. And there was an article about Laura Whitmore, where she oh was no. called British. Oh God! And I, I mean, just and that indignity alone, I spent half an hour registering. So all the only thing I said was Laura Whitmore like, is Irish. <laughs> that was it. I couldn't rest. Can I just say to make guys quickly make a point? The Americans are often tarnished with being like the most patriotic country in like the world, and it's not actually true because if they called. I don't know, Ryan, no, he is Canadian. If they called who's Beyonce Canadian, which would never happen, but if they did, I wouldn't, like, create an account to say she's American. But if they called Ryan Gosling American, Canadians would create an account to say he's Canadian. And it's the same thing. Like, the Irish are so patriotic. Oh, my God. I like it about you, <laughs> you really, and of all people, Laura Whitmore. This isn't like some great philosopher he needs to claim back or something. Laura Whitmore. Even this podcast has never mentioned her until now. <laughs> this is the first thing we know about her. And she will never be on this podcast either, I don't well, think. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed she will be on this podcast. I don't call it Love Island. I call it Love Ireland. Oh, golly. Okay, well, I was going to say what I wanted to break up with was Amanda being burgled. I think I want to break up with you. <laughs> Can I be friends with someone with a Daily Mail account? <laughs> oh, God, what's going to happen to this podcast next week? Anyways. <laughs> Speaking of fabulous people. Only this we don't one, want to break up with. We, we don't want to break up, but this one we both love equally. And mm. this week's episode is absolutely incredible. It is as funny, brilliant as sm- and smart as the lady herself, 
this week we are talking to Ria Lina. The, the way, way they were. Hi, Ria. Hi. Hi Hello, Ria. lovely. How's it going? Good. First of all, there is a couple that you brought in mm. that that impacted you the breakup affected you and that you still think about today but Chantel doesn't know the couple I, I do I think nothing of nothing else oh god okay but, I'm a bit worried so yeah. this young two lovers these young kids who tried to make it happen but it didn't quite work out okay. uh, we have a few clues of when they uh, got together so these two <gasps> dreamers got together in the summer of 48 BC. Oh, well, oh, that yes. gives it away. Come <laughs> on. Suckers. Really? You could have just started with something a little bit more generic, like they're a power couple. Really? That doesn't give it away. I'm not, I'm American. I don't know. I don't think about fucking history. Did you <laughs> know that history means. goes back that far? <laughs> no, I thought it was in 1963. Before that, it was just Europe. I have no idea what this is. Okay, so just to jog your memory, 48 mm-hmm. BC was the year I hate that this. Lady Ban... <laughs> The great Chinese concubine and poet was born, and that one became the emperor of the Wan dynasty. I may be pronouncing some of these word names wrong, but more. <laughs> I don't think po- anyone's around to, do, to be upset with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It was the year Pompey the Great was killed, but more importantly, it was the year that these two found love. I'm of course talking about Is your it? favorite salad guy and the queen of eyeliner. Found in love, even after all these years, is still coming at you. Yeah, I know it's Julius Caesar and Cleopatra. This is, this is so. But that's the thing is that's the end of me knowing about them. That's that's all I got. So this might be me. This might be the quietest episode of Chantal's. Everyone, you're in luck. So Ria, why when we asked you to be on this podcast was the great doomed love between. Cleopatra and Caesar, the one that popped into your head first. You know, well, well, okay. First of all, let's be honest. I said a number of other couples and they were taken. Uh, that's the truth of it. But you I just think- like, you, you just went like Ben and Ferg, Jen and Brett. Oh, Caesar and Cleopatra. <laughs> they were, okay. To be fair, they were third on the list. Uh, so, <laughs> so definitely I, you know what? They are what I am fascinated. No, I think I said Elizabeth and Philip. They're no longer together, but I don't think that would last. Yeah, death doesn't count as a breakup, unfortunately. Right. So that's why it was invalidated. But yeah. I'm fascinated with Elizabeth and Philip. And one of the reasons I'm fascinated with Elizabeth is. Oh, uh, Do you see the connection? I one of the reasons the I'm fascinated with Elizabeth and Philip is because it will never be known if he truly loved her or not. Mm. Whereas I think we can we can pretty confidently know that Albert did eventually fall in love with Victoria. I don't think we'll ever know if Philip married her out of love or out of duty. And I think the same thing is applicable to, to Cleo and Jules. And were they a power couple or were they actually in love? Was this just a, mm. hey, you know what? We got some great sexual chemistry and my Navy and your Navy make for a pretty cool Navy. Actually, no, that's not right. Uh, that was Mark Antony. But, you know, my army and your army make for a pretty cool army. Sorry, apologies. Like she was a very just... rich woman. She had a lot of military, but she shared, you know, she kind of went army with Julius and she went Navy with Mark Antony. He hates it when she confuses along. them. <laughs> that's how little I know about this. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. Army's great. <laughs> and so I, and I, that's what I think is fascinating about this couple is that they were a power couple. They very much came together because they had mutual interests. They could help each other out, keep each other in power. Did they love each other? I mean, 
she like, loved the product of their of their union. She certainly uh, put their son in power on the Egyptian throne, but we never really know what she did with the three kids she had by Mark Antony. She's just like, look, he's dead. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Well, let us begin. Hey. Beyonce and Jay-Z Knowles Literally. of the, uh, the early BC period. So, Or the Kim Kardashian and Kanye, and then Mark Antony comes in as a little bit of a Pete Davidson. Or the uh, Jen and Ben and literal Mark Antony comes in as the guy in between. <laughs> that really does work. Oh my gosh, that really does work. Or, <laughs> or we do a gender reversal and we talk Brad and Jen and then Angelina comes along. Mark Never Anthony. really worked that way, though. I think that actually, she, to be fair, she didn't really set her sights on Mark Antony until after Julius kind of clocked it. Well, okay. No spoilers. <gasps> spoilers. No spoilers to BC history. Come on. <laughs> People haven't watched it yet. Usually we, <laughs> usually, we like to do like a see if their star signs were compatible. <gasps> oh. Unfortunately, Cleopatra's date of birth is a bit vague. So I oh, only good have. Good for her. Keep it a mystery. Keep it, bitch. Don't tell them. Oh, yeah. No, Keep no, no. 25 forever. I know. I mean, well, she was married to a 10 year old. You don't want to be like 27 married to a 10 year old. That'd be <laughs> embarrassing. True. So she's probably like, no, no, me. I'm only 17. It's totally fine. She's <laughs> very early licorice pizza. Let's put it that way. So Julius Caesar is a cancer. So apparently, cancers in love are very sensual passionate and super in tune with their bodies but as long as they can trust enough to let down their barriers and love another person let another person into the world they will be keepers for life so we We could have guessed that you know you could we could have guessed that he was a cancerian given that he named july it would be weird if he was anything other than a cancerian wouldn't it like maybe an early leo at at most but the, the stars are in his favor when it comes to relationships. So okay. if you, I, there's a lot of stuff about Caesar. And I feel like if you want to know a lot Is of there, what a surprise. <laughs> if you want to know about his battles or the politics, I feel like the other podcasts are available. So thank you for that, Claudia. Get... I don't want to hear about any of that. <laughs> Here are some facts I found out about Julius Caesar's. What about his life. battles with like insecurity? Does that come under this podcast or a different one? Mm, yeah, definitely. Okay. 100%. Right. Okay. So Caesar was notorious for seducing wives of his allies and using sex with aristocratic women to improve his political status. He also spent an enormous amount of money, often public money, on a number of prostitutes. So he was very sex positive. I would say that from he was very progressive. He was he was a bit of a goer in the day. On one occasion, Caesar was speaking in the Senate and a messenger slipped him a note. Now, his enemy Cato the Younger was convinced, oh my God, he slipped you a note. This is like, this note is like, you plotting, you're plotting. So he insisted that Caesar read out the note and he was, Caesar was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And his enemy was like, no, you have to, you have to. And then he read out the note and it was a love letter from Cato's sister who he was shagging. Oh, oh boom. You cannot write this good. stuff. That is oh, that is brilliant. Good. He was a good time boy. He came from a very aristocratic family, but he styled himself very much as like a populist everyman. And um, when he was younger, he was a bass. I hate that. No, I hate that. Because we've got that problem right now in comedies where we've got people who are really middle class, but kind of identifying as working class. And you're going, but- They just wear t-shirts. 
And they're yeah, like, look, guys, no. I'm like you. Yeah. My t-shirt's faded and it has a hole in it, but I bought yeah, it that way. It says 1975 no. on it because I like vintage stuff. He was very of that ilk. Very, very of that. Oh, oh he's one dear. of them. Yeah. And so when he was younger, he was sent as an ambassador to this court in modern day Turkey. He remained so long that rumors spread that he was having a sexual relationship with the king of that court. <gasps> I like it. And yes. he was led to the disparaging title of the Queen of Bithynia. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And apparently Is that rumors- Bithynia? And I don't think, but it's like probably neighbors with Bithynia. Got it. Um, okay. And then rumors that he enjoyed cross-dressing at this time there. Apparently, it wasn't just Caesar's preferences that made him made people think of him. This is what I found interesting because you know, like Caesar, you've this idea that it's like macho and very alpha. Apparently, in his life, people described him as very womanly. And he had certain mannerisms that marked him as different to the usual, like, hyper-masculine idea of the day. And Cicero, at one point, said of Caesar, I never would have thought that a man who scratches his head with one finger and has such exquisitely arranged hair could have ever overthrown the Roman state. Oh, my God. He's the world's first soft boy. He's a bit of a Timothée Chalamet vibe going on. Mm. He sound, well, he sounds very precise, doesn't he? He sounds like he spends a bit of time on his appearance. Sounds mm-hmm. like he was probably pansexual. But then, you know, these are the Romans, which are next door to the Greeks. And the Greeks were, were very much not into limiting sensuality. Very progressive, very progressive guy here. Pansexuality is a real vibe at the moment. He was just ahead of his time. He really was. Well, but no, but boy, I don't think he was ahead of his time. I think they were pansexual back then. And then Christianity and religion really Came narrowed that down. And yeah, really narrowed it down. And we're only just coming back out from under that again. But I think even for his period that he lived oh. in, he was, because at that time, it was fine to how do I say this for a podcast? It was fine to have a sexual <laughs> relationship with a man as yeah. long as you were the one posting the package and not the person who You're was receiving. receiving the package. So masculinity was still a very important but, but, thing back there. Is that but, the vibe? I don't understand. That means 50% of the time, one of them was always like, can you imagine maybe it was posting a, person, a package yeah. and, at the, and judging the person receiving the package at the same time going, you shouldn't be receiving this. Maybe back then, the one thing that was different was that bottoms were actually the smaller percentage and everyone was a top. It's switched up these days, but maybe back then it was just one or two guys taking taking one for the team all the time. One for the team? Um, <laughs> I think Mary Beard, if you're listening, this is the next documentary. <laughs> We'd all like to know. We'd all like to know where the tops were finding the bottoms. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So apparently, so he was it's good he, to be a bottom, isn't it? By all accounts, biologically speaking, it's good to be a male bottom. Listen, God bless them. God bless yeah. their service. If you're on, if you're listening, I'm soluting your work. And she said service, not cervix. She yeah. does know. Us that- and Caesar appreciate your work. <laughs> Thank you. And um, so, but apparently Caesar, he didn't mind. So this was sort of uh, he was first. Him. He was he said so when he was sort of criticized for being quite effeminate which was really bad he didn't retaliate rather than fighting back he used to he replied that there had been many powerful queens throughout history so toxic masculinity was not a problem with caesar he wasn't bothered 
So his love life, I know what you're thinking, he got married for the first time to Cornelia when he was 17. Now, his she was very powerful. So Ooh. because it was all intriguing in those days, his I think like his uncle was like, no, she's too powerful and you're too powerful. So this match will just make you a threat. So he was like, you have to divorce this woman. And he was like, no, I'm not divorcing her. And he went on the run. He went on the run for years and years because he refused to divorce Cornelia. And then he was like, okay, fine, you can stay together. So he was like, come back to Rome. And they were married for 13 years. That resulted in his only legitimate child, Julia. But then sadly, Cornelia dies. And two years later, he gets married to Pompeia. Now, Pompeia, I think, is trouble. And why she's trouble, shortly after they got married, Pompeia hosted a festival of the good goddess in her house. Right. And it was one of those festivals that men weren't allowed to come in. But then this guy in the town dressed up as a woman to sneak into the house because he wanted to seduce Pompeia. And Julius Caesar's mother caught him and they were busted and then um, he was put on trial and then Caesar was like, you're too much drama. We need to get divorced. Oh, my God. That's, that's so Real Housewives of Rome. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so the man dressed up as a woman snuck in and slept with the host of the party well, during the party. To, tried to. Tried to, so, but didn't so succeed. Oh, I thought they, I thought you were trying to make out they like him and her had planned this before. Well, who knows? And she was like, come to the party dressed as a woman and then you and I can have a little shagathon and no one will know about it. Well, this is the thing. Because why would Caesar get upset with her then? Well, I think, so he said, my wife ought not even to be under suspicion. So this is this whole thing. I have to keep, uh, keep my oh, reputation. Got it, up, Julius. got it. Right, okay. Wow, that is such a Will Smith move. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. So then he gets married in 59 BC to Calpurnia. She was 17 years Great old, name. much, much younger than his own stepdaughter. And she was described as a humble, often shy woman. So how old is he at this point? He's 50. He's in his Ew. 50s. Bloody hell. Okay, that went fast. Jesus. All right. Wow. So we're at that point of so life now. Okay. How old is Julia at this point, his daughter? Well, she actually dies quite young, but she's... Like in her 30s, I'd say. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, right. However, another young lady is about to enter his life. Right. A little lassie, you may have heard of her, called Cleopatra. So yeah. Cleopatra lives in Egypt, obviously, but she's basically like Greek heritage. Now, okay, what was her models for healthy relationships? Well, her parents got on very well, mainly because they were brother and sister so she comes from a very close family very very close family <laughs> very close very up and down family tree almost <laughs> yeah, not really a right. tree more of a plank yeah that's right <laughs> more of a, a plank leading all the way from cleopatra up to the first ptolemy yeah up to a basically a pyramid she was really educated she spoke nine languages and just give you a sense of like how weird time is cleopatra was born closer to the moon landings than the construction of the pyramids. I don't like that sentence. I don't like that sentence. Wow. I won't, I won't take that. But yeah. if you think about it, it's less than 2,000 years between her birth and the moon landings. 
that's how old Egypt was like Egypt was this old old civilization and Cleopatra's really just getting in just at the end of it all she's a modern woman yeah so her dad she you know she comes from an interesting family because uh, they all sort of married into each other that was the idea to keep the bloodline pure and her dad yeah that's how that works (laughs) yeah her dad Ptolemy murdered her sister after she briefly usurped him for a while her sister so her dad went to Rome to try and raise money for Egypt because Egypt was a bit broke at that time while he was away his daughter took over for a little bit then he got the money borrowed money from Rome came back and was like bad news and murdered her apparently murdered her in front of like publicly in front of everybody he's like gonna do it don't was she brush. older than Cleopatra? She was older than Cleopatra. Wow. That's sad. So I think she has trust issues. Okay. Yeah. Like what, what's your idea of like a healthy relationship if your dad has murdered your sister? Yeah. And your dad is married to your aunt. Well, no, your dad's married to your mom. Who's your, who's. Also oh yeah, aunt. I guess he's your yeah. aunt. Oh my gosh. Wait a minute. Your dad is your uncle. Your mom is your aunt. Yeah. And your sister is your cousin and your sister. Yeah. And then he murders her. But in murdering her, you become next in line with your little brother. Yeah. But was this one of those things where the men were always in front of the girls anyways, though? So was the brother... I think they were quite progressive because she was her dad's favorite. And when he died, he left in his will that she would rule along with her brother who she also called Ptolemy, who she was going to marry. So right. they got married. She's 18 and he's 10. Uh-oh, awkward. So you're marrying your 10-year-old brother. Marrying your 10-year-old brother. So like the upside of being like queen of Egypt is you get to be queen of Egypt. The downside is you have Everything to else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but come on, think about it. If you're told that you have to share something with your 10-year-old brother, you're going, okay, how about this? I'll cut, you pick a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those where you just go. Yeah, he'd be pretty easy to manipulate out of stuff. So yeah. I think so. So they rule together, but obviously Cleopatra is doing all the work. But then her brother's advisors are sneaky little sneaks. Ah, and they're like, mm. you need to get rid of your sister. You need to get rid of her sister. So imagine his... advising a 10-year-old to do this. Like trying to put it in 10-year-old words and make him understand. <laughs> your sister's a Your baddie. sister needs to go to the farm. Yeah. <laughs> So she knows, okay, my brother's out to get me. So she goes on the run to Syria. Egypt, at the moment, it's, a, it's like a really important, basically the bread basin for Rome. And the, Rome really needed Egypt to be like reliable and have its shit together. So Caesar's like, what the heck is going on in Egypt? There's civil wars breaking out. I need to go and sort things out. So Caesar's heading to Egypt to find out what the hell's going on. And he's in his 50s. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but you okay. also have to remember that Caesar is having his own power struggles in Rome with Pompeii. Yes. So there's also there's two reasons for it. It's not just we okay. need Egypt to be stable. It's that, hang on a second, I could pair up, you know, like there's a civil war over there and I'm having a civil war here. If we pair up, maybe we could solve each other's civil wars. Okay. So his, his enemy is Pompeii because there's a whole battle between whether Caesar is going to rule Rome as like a, an individual leader or whether it's going to be the Senate and Pompey is very much like the voice of the Senate and sort of like the traditional ruling family. And Caesar is like, I can do things by myself. 
Yeah. So little Ptolemy, Cleopatra's brother husband, he overplays his hand. So he wants to really impress Caesar and make Caesar go on his side. So Mm -hmm. by doing that, what he does is Pompey, who is Caesar's enemy, goes to Egypt and Ptolemy, Cleopatra's brother husband, has him murdered. And he thinks, oh my God, Caesar's going to be so happy. I've murdered his enemy. Caesar arrives and he's like, ta-da. And he gets his like servants to present him with the head of his enemy. And Caesar is not impressed. He is furious. He's like, oh my God. What did you do? What did you do? You just created a power vacuum. What are you doing? Caesar said, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> and Ptolemy's like, what's a vacuum? <laughs> he was not impressed. He was really, was, yeah, there was a lot of yelling. There was, and the box was leaking as well. No one was impressed. It's a bad welcome present. So Caesar's like, I need to talk to you both together. You need to sort your shit out. Cleopatra is like, well, hang on a sec. I know this guy. I know he's got form. I know he likes the ladies. He's got a twinkle in his eye. I need to get to him first. It's a bit of a silver fox for her. Yeah, exactly. So she sneaks her way into his palace by getting one of her servants to wrap her up in a rug. That's commitment. She smuggles herself into his palace. And again, she's a bit of a drama queen. She likes spectacle. Then the rug is like unfurled. And she's like, hey. But before she goes, hey there, she rolls out. Ka-thum, 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 ka-thum. Yeah. And then kind of stands up, brushes herself off and is like, hey there. That's a, that a great way to get into the Little dizzy. It. And apparently he's very happy with his carpet delivery. She's like dressed in like this simple white dress with this little like headband. She's 21. He's in his early 50s. A tale as old as time. He is smitten. <laughs> He's like, who is this feisty little lady? He's very I know, impressed. I know. She says hello nine times in nine different languages. He's like, yeah. I don't even understand seven of those. He was just, he was. But they're all the language of love. So this is a really good meet cute. I think this is like one of the most historic rom com yeah. meet cute. It really is. Time. Rolling out of a carpet. That's a good one. And um, Ria, have you ever, like, what's the like the most you've gone out of your way to like accidentally bump into anybody oh hang on Chantal have you ever made an effort to there was this god oh god I feel like yeah I was just gonna say god yeah I feel like you have <laughs> you no I, say it, I, I genuinely know. think it's too embarrassing no say it you have to say it now yeah, it's happened now yeah. I'm sure I have and I have and I've sort of wiped it from my memory there was this guy that I really liked and I timed when his school bus would drop him off from school and yeah. I used to just watch him get off the school bus and into the house and it was only like about 30 seconds yeah, you have a small window of time so what'd you do yeah I'd just like hover by a hedge did you ever go out and meet him no oh so you just did the background info yeah. <laughs> you did the recce but you never actually took use of that and made it into a meet you oh I I have one okay because teenage girls are nuts right we're all nuts mm. aren't we so I had a crush on a guy in high school uh, who probably didn't know I was alive, but his house 
there was an alleyway between his house and the house next door. And down that alleyway, it led to quite a pretty little, you know, uh, park. And there was a little bridge over a stream and some trees. So I just started frequenting the park because I hoped that every time I walked down that alleyway, he might look out the window, hoping that that was his bedroom and he'd see mm-hmm. me. So I used to, I spent a lot of time in a park. That's good. For little to no reason. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And for the same guy, I joined the swim team. Did, it, did you become a good swimmer in the end? And the, at the end of the film, it would show you women in a swim competition and then you wouldn't care about him anymore, that kind of thing? So, okay, th- this is what happened on the swim team. First of all, the swim team meets at like six in the morning, okay? Yeah. So I was, and, and all the other parents at this private American school in the Netherlands would get up and drive their kids to swim, swim team at six in the morning in their four by four, you know, things. And then what would happen is we'd all swim for an hour and they would lay out this beautiful breakfast for all the swimmers. And then they'd all sit and they'd all eat. And then they would drive them to school for eight 30. But when I said to my parents, I want to join the swim team, they went great. And I said, so will you drive me? And they went, we live in Holland, use your bike. And so I would have to get up at five 30, bike the 20 minutes to the, to the pool, get in the pool, splash about a bit. And then at seven, rather than sit with the rest of the team and eat breakfast, I had to then cycle home because I wasn't able to get from breakfast to the school in time because of how long it took to cycle. So I'd have to cycle home. So I would come back starving. I'd have to stuff some breakfast in and then race to school in order to be in school on time. Did this Uh, ever work, Rhea? Did this boy notice you? (laughs) Then we went to a swim meet in Hamburg together. And I'm like, yes, we're going to get all that time on the bus together. We're going to get all that coach time. We get to the swim meet. They find out that I'm two years younger than everyone else in my grade. And instead of competing with the high schoolers, they put me in the baby pool and I have to swim against the middle schoolers. Oh, no. (laughs) Nadine Coyle element strikes. No. no. Long story short, I don't think he ever noticed me. Oh, Golly. So there you go. I hope that beats your 30 seconds off the scoop. Bus <laughs> that makes you feel any better. I was insane. So, so far, Cleopatra's ready with the old carpet roll situation. Oh, she oh, is. She's smashing it. So these two back in Egypt, they are the Beyonce and Jay-Z. Question, go- Grania, is he still with, what's her name? Pompeii or Pompeii? He's married Papaya. to... <laughs> He's married he, to the seventeen-year-old now. He's still yeah. a poor old Calpurnia. Calpurnia. Oh, he's Calpurnia. Calpurnia. That's Calpurnia. Right. poor old humble and shy Calpurnia. That's right, humble and shy. He's back yeah, in yeah. Rome and what Rome washing his togas. Meanwhile, him and Cleopatra are going for it. it up. So he joins her side, obviously in the civil war. Her brother drowns. So he just, he's like running as part of the battle. He, there's different versions. Air quotes on drowns, I by was the just going to say that, Rhea. I'm not, again, I don't know anything about the history, but I already know that kid didn't drown. <laughs> well, he did drown, but the question is. How what was he drowned? By you know, you know, why, why wasn't he swimming? I think is the yeah. question. Yeah, he drowned or was he drowned? He drowned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what, that, that's what the Oprah back then was That's asking. like hung and hanged, right? <laughs> So they do a big royal cruise down the Nile together where it's just like, yeah, look how powerful oh, and glamorous they are. At this time, Cleopatra is one of the richest women in the world. Like she has bank. She's so rich. So then to celebrate it, Cleopatra marries her younger brother. Of course. Also called Ptolemy. So this is the third Ptolemy. Yeah, but to contextualize that, there was a civil war. And so even though Caesar and Cleopatra coming together won that civil war, there was still a lot of unrest. And all of her brother's supporters were like, no. 
um, we're not having you. And so marrying her younger, her younger, younger brother mm -hmm. was a way of kind of placating that and, and, and mm -hmm. sort of consolidating her power. She's going, look, there's another one. He looks almost the same and that he's prepubescent. And she thought second time lucky for Cleopatra marrying a brother. She thought this one is going to be for keeps. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be it. And luckily for her, her second brother husband is only seven. He's seven. Oh, good. So much more easy to manipulate. All He's right. happy to be a trophy brother husband. Okay. <laughs> so she then goes back to Rome with Caesar. Right. So, and she brings her brother husband with her. And the child, she's pregnant with Caesar's, Caesar's kid. baby. Right. So she arrives in Rome with Caesar. She stays in his holiday house. Remember, he's still married to like his Roman wife, but she stays in his holiday house. And while he while she comes to Rome, Caesar celebrates this occasion by building a literal shrine to her. He builds a literal shrine to her. So Rhea, how would you feel if your husband or boyfriend, significant other, just went off on a work to? That's all he did. He just went to he just went to Egypt for on a work job to come back with another girlfriend and her baby and then he builds a literal shrine to her in your back garden oh i'm sorry but she's the third wife of the biggest man whore in the mediterranean if she did not know that this is what he does when he's away on work dues she's an idiot yeah and I, honestly he's over 50 she was 17 i'm sure she's like oh thank god he'll never suspect you and me guard number three yeah Let's hope so. Let's hope I'm so. I'm sure she was having her own fun. So let's imagine we're back in Rome. Cleopatra and Caesar have just sent you a scroll saying, Rhea, do you want to head out with us for a night on the town or come over for a few drinks? What do you imagine them as a couple would be like? Cleo and Jules. Well, you've got her. She is highly educated. She's speaking nine different languages. She's, you know, she's got all the astronomy and the history and the, and the sciences. She is erudite. She is funny. She is witty. And he, of course, never has a hair out of place. I mean, this is just, this is just the ultimate alpha cup. Everybody wants to be at their parties. Everybody wants an invite. Everybody wants to go in there and then point and look and just, you know, and if she nods at you or he, you know, he kisses the back of your hand, like that's made your week. That's yeah. major work. This is a power couple. In fact, she was so popular when she went back to Rome that women started copying her styles. That, you know, people weren't walking around dressing like Caesar's teenage, well, her university student aged daughter. Yeah. They're dressing like Cleopatra. She's huge news. Yeah. And she's so she's scandalous. That's she's a goddess, she's remember? Because she self appoints herself as a goddess. So, so she, some people buy into that in Rome. Some are like, oh my God, she's a total goddess. And others are like, well, not an actual goddess. Like, you know, bit up herself, you know, Instagram much. So she's like this. Countess Luann. She just says she is and then everyone believes her. She is like the Anna Delvey of her day. Well done. Believe it and it becomes real. Oh, what a good analogy. So she is causing quite stir. Romans were absolutely scandalized slash obsessed with her. She was like, you either loved her or you hated her. Cicero, famous writer from the period. Cicero, Cicero. Was not a fan, was not a fan. Thought she was arrogant, said her staff were insolent. And apparently this was the thing that really annoyed him. Said she promised him some interesting presents 
which he never delivered. That's good for him for calling her out. <laughs> I like that. He, she came to visit his house and didn't bring a housewarming gift. He'll never forget it. Yeah, but she promised those from Egypt as well. You know that. You know, he's yeah. just like, so ch- nothing, yeah. chocolates, a fridge magnet, nothing. A little pyramid keychain, come on. So she is a bad influence on Caesar. Basically, she is like the ultimate hype woman because she's like, I am a literal royalty. I'm a goddess. She thinks she's a reincarnation of Isis. She's like, I'm a queen. I'm fabulous. That does not really go down with the Romans because the Romans were because they were like, we're a republic. And obviously they had rich people and rich families, but you, to aspire to be- And king, slaves, but yeah. And slaves. And slaves, but so did the Egyptians, so. But they had, you couldn't, they, the sort of myth, the idea of Rome was it was founded after their leader killed the last king. So mm-hmm. the idea of a leader to aspire to be king, it, just even the title of king, be as powerful as you like, but you couldn't say that you wanted to be king. That was like, mm. you, you, you just you couldn't do it. And because Cleopatra is like, but I'm a goddess, I'm fabulous, I am Isis, then Caesar is getting carried away. He's getting more elaborate. He's kind of getting more sort of like royal. And he declares himself, he declares himself dictator for life. <gasps> Starts doing this like, inc- these ever more sort of regal royal ceremonies. And the people are like, no, 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 no. This is too far. This is too, too far. And eventually it doesn't work out for him. No. And... <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, Chantal. <laughs> oh, God, I hate to... He gets literally stabbed in the back by his friends. Yeah, it's. I've heard of this before, apparently, yeah. Was it so, literally Brutus, or was that just sort of Shakespeare? Et tu, Brutus. I think he was involved. Little Brutus, mm. who was, he was like godson. So, obviously, things are getting a bit sticky for Cleopatra now, because yeah. she doesn't have Caesar protecting her. Uh, so she bounces. She's like... Okay, yeah, I'm out yeah. of here. She heads back to Egypt. Sadly, little Ptolemy, he doesn't make it. He's not into it. Oh, golly, she's got bad he, luck. He is gone. But luckily, Caesarian, the son that she had with Caesar, or as he's nicknamed in Egypt, little Caesar, is appointed her co-ruler. Who so she, she ironically had through natural birth. Yeah. So she finally <laughs> finds the right guy, her son. <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> they're all I, I know but some some kings are made and some kings are born she That's obviously right. did both yet yeah, he was called caesarian but it was julius caesar that was supposedly born by caesarian by caesarian no section so so they didn't make it they had a brief burst together as this power couple that like enchanted and annoyed in equal measures why so it was think- only about four years, right? Wasn't it? It was yeah, the total. Lot- God, they yeah, packed they a lot in. They packed yeah. a lot in. As a result, did they, was there ever a big bust up but the, that we know of between Cleo and Jules, though? No. So it seems like they just, I mean, did they even have time? It was so heady. It was so like, yeah, you're the queen of Egypt. I'm going to be king of Rome. Let's go. Let's go. Fabulous. And he was getting even more fabulous, even more glamorous. And she was like, yeah, you're God. You're God. Yeah, I th- I know, but I hear where you're going with this because if there wasn't a bust up, they fall into the same category as Elizabeth and Philip, don't they? Yeah, they, they, 
didn't actually break up. Oh, yeah. And I think that, and I think that the situation here is, I think the issue is, and this is why I'm fascinated with them equally, is were they in love or were they with each other yeah. because they're two narcissists? And then it was their narcissism, and I think it was the combination of them together that was their ultimate downfall. I don't think Julius would have gotten to a point where he would have been stabbed in the back if she hadn't goaded him to that point. You know, and she would not have been in a position to be a goddess queen if he hadn't come and helped her out with her own civil war, because even though they won it, she still ran away to Rome, even though she was technically ruler with her little brother of Egypt, they still had to leave Alexandria because people were very unhappy with that stage quo and they left it with Romans kind of being a foreign military presence, helping maintain order while she went and fawned off and fannied about with with Julius in Rome because the moment that he was killed she had to retreat again until she found another Roman lover and then decided to go to war with him again against somebody else and that ended up in a different way but I and even though she had more children with Mark Antony I don't think personally that she had a deeper connection with him they did enjoy each other's company but I think that there's just that je ne sais quoi there was something they were very Fred and Rose West in a way Julius and Cleo weren't they except for the whole murdering of people and burying them under the patio they did murder they had a lot of they probably had more people killed but they weren't involved in the disposal yes okay well thank you for for clarifying that for legal purposes um (laughs) there was any you don't think there's any actual great love lost between these two they just started this as very much a business very hillary bill vibe but that's what i think the question is now she like i said she definitely enjoyed mark antony but you know when you have that great love of your life and then you realize that that's gone and you go you know what I still have a lot of life to live. I'm just going to enjoy this guy. And there's, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that the the, the bond she had with Mark Antony was the same as the sort of that okay. burning. I that's the thing. Did she have a burning passion with Julius for Julius, or did the two of them just go, "You make me powerful. You make me powerful. Yeah. Oh my god, that makes me hot. Oh my god, I'm so hot. Oh my god, let's just like mutually wank together in the same place. You know, that's. Well, we've so all been if, there, right? If your whole model of marriage is your parents marrying their siblings for dynastic reasons, that is going to affect your view of romantic relationships. I think maybe just the, I, I, I wonder would she even have conceived of of a relationship for solely romantic reasons? Yeah, maybe they didn't think of that as existing. That's not what marriage was about back then. You just married your brother and got on with it. And well. Let's find out how they got on after the split. So Caesar, he's not up to much. He's basically dead. He stays dead. Meanwhile, Cleopatra, she keeps on living. She goes back to Egypt. She's summoned by Mark Antony, who is a really good friend of her former boyfriend. He summons her to meet up with him because he's like, okay, what are you up to? And she arrives in this, this big dramatic I'm going to say barge, but everybody. Yeah, I think a barge. Mermaids, and there was incense, and she looked incredible. Did she dress up as? Was she dressed up as Aphrodite on that one? I think so. She dressed up as a goddess, so she sees herself as a goddess. She believes herself to be a goddess on earth. And then I think in order to present herself to Mark Antony, she's like, "Well, you know, I've already done the rolling out of a carpet thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where do you go from there?" Where do you go from there? Well, obviously, you dress up on a on a barge with silver oars like Aphrodite. She manifested it. It was on her vision board. I'm a goddess. Act as if she dressed up as a goddess. He mm. was very impressed. 
because he secretly thought that he was a reincarnation god too so he was like oh that's apollo i think didn't he think he was apollo he 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 had ambitions um this is how romantic he is guess what mark anthony did to win over cleopatra i don't know if any as this happened to you named a star after her he murdered her remaining sister oh my god goals so cute yeah but he didn't just do it and like present her body he, he there was you know he didn't just go surprise <laughs> your, your, little bro- your little brother's never gonna wonder if he married the right sister ever again <laughs> like it wasn't just like <laughs> he did it because she was back in egypt trying to take over she was trying to usurp cleopatra while she was living at large in rome it was a very sweet gesture he also was happy to follow Cleopatra in public and he would kiss her in public as well. Oh, which, that's big. That's scandal. Yeah, it was official. They were like, it's like Instagram official. Anyway, long story short, they start a war together. He thinks she's dead. She's not dead. He kills himself, but he's really bad at it. It's total Romeo and Juliet all over yeah. again, except it, before. He yeah. dies in her arms. She's like, okay, how do I get out of this one? So she tries to like form a, a pact with Octavian and be like, maybe I can be your mistress. And he, Octavian hates her. He's like, not interested. You're going down, bitch. Because Octavian was Julius's adopted son, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So he's and like, you messed with my dad. Yeah. I'm not having his leftovers. Not, not a fan. So she tries to starve herself to death. But then he says, if you don't eat, we're going to kill your children. So she was like, okay, I can't let this little shit win. So she has a big feast, massive big feast. Then her handmaidens sneak an, an asp into a room with a basket of figs. And she dramatically poisons herself so oh, that great. Augustus cannot take her as prisoner what a way to go just for the i i mean it's a one it's a great story and it makes for a great uh scene in a movie but just to be clear we're not actually sure that she definitely killed herself by ass but we're pretty sure she poisoned herself in one way or the other we know that she had like a poisoned hair comb so maybe she used that or maybe she just did you know she definitely died by poison we're pretty confident we just don't definitely know that it was like i forced this snake upon me we don't you know oh but go with the legend yeah, that's so go much with more right fun. yeah We're never right, gonna yeah. Know, so why not why not and she liked a spectacle she liked arriving on golden barges she considered herself the reincarnation of isis she invented winged eyeliner <laughs> yeah uh, she's she, she is wore it well. julia the julia fox of her day literally <laughs> it really is and um, so I know this wasn't a tif- tough one to call, but I think we're going to have to judge this on. Wait, maybe... what's the judging? Wait, what are we judging? Okay, You're by their legacy, oh. by their legacy, the great split between Cleopatra and Caesar. In every split, there are winners and there are losers. So when oh. we consider this split between Cleopatra and Caesar, who thrived and who just survived? Or not. Yeah, bearing in mind, one literally died. But maybe we just think. But in terms of like, yeah, exactly. Their legacy, which legacy thrived and which legacy just survived. That is a tough one because I would say that she was kind of her own downfall. Getting involved with Caesar at the point that she did was her own downfall because she's the one who started a civil war with her own brother way back when in the first place anyway, Mm -hmm. and then needed to go over to Rome and get, get them to come in and help them out. 
and everything. So from that point of view, you go, you know, and he was doing all right. He was doing all right. Mm -hmm. She kind of, yeah. But I mean, out of the two of them, you know, in terms come of on, legacy. she's, she's, she is a queen, like spelt with a Q and a K. Mm -hmm. She's a queen. Yeah. I'm going to have to vote feminism on this and just go Cleo all the way. Cleo thrived. And I mean, she, she exited because she chose to exit. That's right. Mm -mm. When it she comes to Halloween, that narrative. When it comes to Halloween, which is a great way to decide on people's legacy, who do you see more of on the streets? People in Cleopatra costumes or people in Julius Caesar costumes? You see Cleopatra. Yeah, see, no, you pizza. know it's her. Oh Whereas mm -hmm. with the other ones, you're just like, you're just oh, like, general exactly. Roman dude. Mm -hmm. It's just like a Roman like, dude. Or you think it's some like American dude, a Trojan party thing or something like that. You mm, never know yeah. if it's actually being Caesar. Yeah. Whereas Cleopatra, you know, a mile away, that's clear. Yeah. It's coming at you. She's coming at you. Before we let you go, one very quick question we ask all our guests. We are okay. a very romantic podcast and we oh. want everybody to find love. Oh, we do. Chantel, do you want to ask? Yes, question. Rio. Yes, as, I'll marry as... you. No, that wasn't the question. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Finally. Sorry. In I, your I face, just... Grania. <laughs> 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 no, um, there is a certain lady out there that is unbelievably still single. As we always say, we don't think she needs anyone, but we do think she deserves to be yes, loved. I so do. can you think of anyone that is at the level who deserves to be with the one, the only share? Oh my gosh, that is such a good question. Uh, give me one moment. If you just have to go, whatever whatever name is coming in, no matter how crazy it is, and it could be so any I'm gender, any gender. Oh, I see. oh, I'm sorry. I've been limiting myself gender-wise. Okay, no, hang on a second. Okay, in which case? Why should Cher be less progressive than Caesar himself? Oh, exactly. agreed, totally agreed. Oh, that really opens things up. Do you know what that really does? So I'm going to say it's got to be someone at the level of like Oprah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I, I feel Oprah? like an Oprah, but also, I mean, so she would look fabulous with RuPaul. She and RuPaul would just be that, that would be you know, wouldn't that just be, they would just, mm -mm -mm. they would be stunning, but I feel like there wouldn't be enough. She deserves more warmth than that. Okay. And if, and if there's one thing that surprises us all, but, but actually we went, yeah, I can see it was when she got together with Bob Hoskins, you'd go, no, there's a level of warmth there that she deserves in mermaids. Um, mm -hmm. So in terms of that, I want her with John Goodman. Oh, John Goodman. I like he's that. funny. That's a good he's one. stable. He's mm. charming. He he's hot warm. Well. He's he, hot. Yeah. Got in it. He's got a There's a reason why Rosanna was shed. She kind of fell in love with him when they were filming the whole time. And I was oh, like, I, I mean, how that. could you not? Of course. Oh. How could you so not? So actually, I think he would make a wonderful partner. Oh, that'd be oh. great. I could imagine them at some honky tonk bar. Yeah, him bringing this King Ralph realness. Oh, yeah, and she would that. just and she would just run up on stage and whatever band was around would just play and they'd have a great night. You know, oh, she'd just sing, right. sing some hits. Oh, oh, great one there, Rhea. Oh, that's one really the good. That's that good. was really good. I mean, they're the next Julius and Cleo, let's be honest. That could be it. <laughs> Without the uh, stabbing in the back, hopefully. Rhea, how mm. can we find you? Is there anything coming up that you want to plug? It, just look me up online, Rhea Lena. Follow me on the platform of your choice. I'm on, on all of them, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Parlor. And, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, that's a niche joke just for Grania. <laughs> Everyone else is going, I'm what? Sorry, what? Truth. I'm on truth. I don't know. Are you on you. truth? I'm on parlor because that's, you know, that's where all the cool kids went when Twitter shut down. <laughs> it's parlor. Um, Telegram. Uh, I'm not. Telegram. I'm, I'm not on Telegram. Um, it's pr- pretty busy over there right now, yeah, though. Uh, so find me online. Look me up. Uh, but also uh, have a look on Comedy Central because my new show with Richard Hammond will be out in April, which is a science panel show. Yes, you can Yay. have a comedy science panel show. We do make it work. Uh, so yeah, have a look at that. And just, sort of, I mean, you know what? Just Google me on and yeah. see there's stuff on Dave, which is quite fun. Google. Hey just guys, Google. Google exists. Google my yeah. name and I will Seriously. be there. Thank you so much, Bria. No, pleasure. Thanks Thank for doing you. this. I loved it. I loved revisiting. I have, I've missed Cleo and Jules. Now I'm going to miss them all over again. Oh, <laughs> The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they, they were. were. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.